Thank you so much for tuning back in. This episode is full of so much goodness. Mickey is a yoga and meditation instructor. She is a creative being and all around just very positive person. I think you guys will enjoy this so much. I am so sorry for at times the audio being either echoey or cutting out. It's been challenging during all of this quarantine and COVID-19 with doing these episodes via Zoom and maybe the internet was cutting out at times and I'm just trying to navigate this the best that I can while still being safe and you know bringing these conversations to you guys. So I hope in the future that I can up my production and make it a better experience for everyone. Hi Mickey, thank you so much for being here. It's- so good to see you and I can't wait to hear you. So I really just want to start this out and you know you're such a real person and I I feel like you share that in such a nice way with your followers and I think when it comes to social media and just kind of like the world we live in nowadays everyone is like so dehumanized and we just like see these posts that people have and we think everyone is living this beautiful life and they're happy all the time and that's just not always the case. So I just kind of asking everybody, like, how are you really doing? And, you know, the world is crazy right now. Like, I'm sure you're feeling some type of way. And unless you're feeling amazing, I just want to hear kind of how you're doing. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've definitely been riding the waves of emotion. There was a time in my life where I was very numb and didn't allow myself to experience any negativity, really. And I would just, like, bottle everything in and plaster on this happy face and, like, oh, no, that everything was okay. And meanwhile, I'm, like, having a breakdown inside. But I've done a lot of work to change those habits and patterns and to really, like, embrace feeling, which was very scary because I went from like blocking everything out to just letting it all in so at times it can be very emotional and I just like I take on the feeling of the world and I can really resonate with the pain and suffering that people are experiencing I mean I can't relate exactly to how everyone else is feeling but I know that we all go through our own struggles throughout life and it's hard and right now it's, it's a hard time it's hard to know what to say how to say it do you go out do you stay in like it's there's a lot of new information that we're being asked to process and we're also being asked to change the way that we live and show up in the world radically and it's different every week so it's been a lot it's been really overwhelming and at times like paralyzing like I will wake up and not want to start the day just like hide in bed and just not do anything because I don't want to deal with what's happening out there but um there's also been good days and I'm having support from my family and from my boyfriend just you know giving me those reminders and holding me accountable like you know, yeah, it's okay to feel everything that's happening, but at the same time, like, this craziness has been happening in our world for as long as you and I have been alive, and it's just being brought to our attention so much more that we can't ignore it, and um, we still have to live, and, you know, 
wake up and do the things to take care of ourselves. So I've been trying to make my wellness practices a non-negotiable. And I notice that when I'm like feeling really shitty and really just sad and like then I start to go get down on myself for feeling bad. So it's this like vicious cycle of like being sad and then being guilty for feeling bad and then make myself feel worse. But when I do yoga and meditate regularly and do journaling and just like move my body and sweat and get outside and take care of those little things, I feel like I'm starting to feel a little bit better. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm alive. I know. I think it's important to notice. I mean, everything you said is perfect, but like, you have a good point of like, you know, you have to be aware of what's going on and it's been going on, and like, you should be feeling those emotions, like, rightfully so. And like, people who aren't as privileged have to feel that all the time. But it's like, like you're saying, you know, you still have to live your life and you have to fill your cup up first, and you can't really do much to help unless you're feeling full. It's like definitely that cycle. It's hard and it's hard and to know what to say, what not to say. But I think the most important thing is to talk. And you're definitely doing that. And I think that is the most important step and the first step to it. So that's great. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think back to like our tribal, you know, our ancestors who lived in tribes and the men would go out and hunt in silence, but the women would stay and communicate and talk and just as women talking is so healing even if it's not necessarily solution oriented but just expressing ourselves and not being so closed off it's something i've had to work on for my entire life is to be able to say what i need to say for myself and now i have the privilege and the platform to be able to use my voice not only for myself but for other people who haven't had the same opportunity. I think overall, a lot of people are using it in a good way. You know, people are staying silent and that's where it gets, you know, it's like, how do you feel about people that you're with talking and all these things? I feel like I know a lot of people, but I'm only very close with a few people and the people in my life, I'm, I make it a priority, you know, like they have, they have to align with my beliefs and my values and that's of equality and of peace and of love and of harmony and acceptance. If someone's not on those same wavelengths, then they're just not in my life and I don't have room for anyone who isn't going to meet me at, you know, the level I am and I want to keep expanding and growing and, you know, becoming the best version of myself and if there's someone who I know that's just not doing that, I simply don't give him any of my attention because there, as we know, are so many more important things to put my time and energy and attention to. And those people, they just fall away like dead leaves off a tree. <laughs> totally. And I hope that, and I think it has been happening, you know, people are being held accountable and people are letting go of maybe friendships that don't really align with their beliefs and stuff like because I feel like you grow up and you grow up with these friends you bring them into high school maybe college and it's hard to just let go of old friendships but oh yeah something like this is like a big wake-up call to be like you know those friends might not be aligning with me like I should probably like you said dead leech <laughs> yeah well I, I think it's also important like to reassess where you're at as you go through these different stages of life, like who I am now versus who I was in high school or even five years ago. It's like, 
completely different version of myself and taking the time to check in like what are the kinds of people I want in my life like, what are their values how do I want to feel around those people that I'm allowing to come close to me and checking in like are my close circle of friends like meeting these ex it's not expectations but just standards like knowing yourself and knowing what you tolerate what you believe in and it's much easier when you know yourself to to understand and to see if other people match with you if they're on the same like vibrational wavelength and if they're not then you feel the resistance attention it doesn't feel like an easy friendship and it's just yeah about like knowing when and where to place your attention and focus and I think it comes back to also like that inner work of like finding out really what your beliefs are and then voicing that to people or going to those people that you're like, actually, you don't align with me, but then bringing that back. So I was just curious, like, you know, your life has been wild lately. Like, found, like how have you been staying in touch with like your support system? Like, have you been able to see friends? Like, how has that worked out for you? It's been really interesting. I mean, I've been nomadic really like over a year. I mean, we just moved into a house um, for the next four months, and that's like the longest I've been in one place for a while. So it can for sure be challenging um, to have that like quarter of those people to support you, especially like, when I'm all over the world. Luckily, I've been able to find some amazing friends, uh, some like-minded people in different parts of the world, which is awesome because my intention was really to create like, a global community. Um, yeah, I feel it like now, you know, we're moving to a new city and everyone's wearing masks in public. Things are open for socializing. And so I also haven't had, you know, I have my boyfriend who's amazing and so grateful that he's there for me. And he's like, keeps me real and in check. But I do miss like having my girlfriends and I feel that too. And this whole pandemic has truly separated us from each other so much. And like, you know, we've been forced to stay inside. And yes, of course, you know, it's awesome that we have the ability to connect online. And, you know, we're in different parts of the world right now and we can still chat and have a meaningful conversation. I have a personal tendency to seclude myself anyways. And so on that, on top of like staying inside, like I can definitely retreat inside myself. And I have to make a very conscious effort to go out into the world and to show up on my Instagram and to call my friends and to call my family. Like I have to be the one to take the initiative because otherwise I'll just like <laughs> go into isolation. Um, and anytime that I am finding myself feeling you know, really like, well, I do get on the phone with my mom or with my girlfriends or my sister. Like, uh, I'm reminded, okay, I'm not actually alone as I was feeling, and maybe I was pulling things out of proportion in my mind because everything that you store in your mind is always like so much worse, or so much more dramatic, or so much more terrible. And when you actually like say it out loud, and then you get it, like, having people hold you accountable. I'm kind of in the same boat as you, like, I'm staying with my boyfriend, I haven't seen any of my girlfriends, and like. I feel like at times I was finding myself just not speaking about how I was feeling because I was like, oh, I'm like, no one else is feeling this way. But then once you talk to people, then most people are like, yeah, I feel exactly the same way. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm glad you have that support system and it's very cool that you have that global community and like I mean like you and I we met in like a totally different country and now we're like in different parts of the country now and it's just wild so I really like I'm just so genuinely curious about how everything worked out when you moved from Cape Town to like LA and Austin I was basically just like you know you, how long you were there because I actually don't even really know and then how the hell did Kane get you guys out of there and was, that's how did it work out with LA just like start from the beginning okay so we got to Cape Town last December um and so as an American we get 90 day visa on arrival it's like three months so um we were living there and you know, we've been traveling and we didn't really have a plan, but it was one of those places that we're just like, yeah, I want to be here. And so we were there for like five months or actually a little bit longer, like almost six months in total. So in March, I had to go out of the country to renew my visa if I wanted to stay longer. So we had planned a trip um, to Zambia and Zimbabwe and Botswana to go on safari and just see some other like amazing African countries while we were in South Africa. So we had already had that trip like planned and booked and tickets and everything. And um, that was like March 15th through the 17th or something like that. And it was like right after all the craziness happened and everyone was like just starting to isolate but no one really knew what was going on. So we were in Zambia when the South African president announced that he was closing the borders on March 18th, literally like the day after we got back to Cape Town. So we slid back in there and that was like a crazy relief because we were like, are we going to be able to get back into the country? Like, are we going to get stuck in Zambia? Like, it's already one thing to be stuck in Cape Town, but at least it's like a very modern city. So we got back and like, okay, well, we're not really sure, you know, what are we going to stay? Can we stay? And things just started to shut down very quickly and very intensely there. So the lockdown in South Africa is was because of their population, about half of the population is more predisposed to um, be immunocompromised because they have um, higher tuberculosis and HIV. Um, and then they have like a huge gap between the class levels. So there's like miles and miles of shanty towns and they just needed to protect um, those people who don't have access to running water. You know, they didn't want to overwhelm the healthcare system. So they shut everything down. They closed the airports. They shut every restaurant, no coffee shops, nothing except for grocery stores and pharmacies were open. You weren't even allowed to walk outside. You couldn't go for a walk. Like, we would get stopped by the police going to the store. It was so intense and so crazy, and, like, I couldn't work. And, you know, at first we were like, oh, we'll be able to, like, get home in, like, a month. This is fine. And then it just got worse and worse and worse. And we kept checking, and there's no flights. And then finally we heard about um, embassies basically sending repatriation flights. So we called the U.S. Embassy, and they were like, no, we're not sending any more flights to South Africa. And we called all the airlines, and they were like, there's no flights until the earliest August, maybe. And we were like, oh, fuck, what are we going to do? Like, there's literally zero flights. And the only 
maybe an option is like going to the Middle East, but get, then getting stuck there was like stressful. So Kane called just uh, his mom is Swedish. So he just started calling different European embassies like, hey, maybe can we? And he basically got a hold of the Dutch embassy and convinced them to let us fly on their repatriation flight. And this was like three days before the flight, by the way. And in order to get on their flight, we had to have proof that we were leaving Europe because non-European citizens weren't allowed to leave the airport. So we had to buy our tickets from Europe all the way back to LA, which was, okay, so. It was just so crazy. Like first, just to get on the flight, we had to meet at the stadium in Cape Town to do like a health screen. And that was at like 5.30 in the morning. So we go there, we wait, they take our temperature questions, you know, that whole thing. And then finally, like three and a half hours later, we go on a bus, we go to the airport, and we just on the bus, and you know, just everything is like, taking so long because the airports are actually closed. So there's just like, it was such a strange and eerie feeling anyways. And so this first flight is from South Africa to Amsterdam, but because it's a repatriation flight, they needed to make a stop. So we flew five hours in the opposite direction and had to land on this little island off of Madagascar and change the crew and wait in the plane for two hours before taking another 12 hour flight. So the first flight, we were on the plane for 17 hours from Cape Town to Amsterdam without getting off. And they didn't have any food service because they weren't allowed to. So they gave us a plastic baggie that had like an apple, Twix, a muffin. Like, I don't eat sugar or grapes. It's like, cool, I'm not gonna eat for 17 hours. Like, it was stressful. So we get to Amsterdam, layover, and then we flew from Amsterdam to London, another layover from London to Dallas. And that was like another 10 hour flight. But luckily it was a 300 seater plane and there was like 28 people on it. It was crazy. So we tried to run row and it was lovely. Then we got from Dallas and from Dallas to LA, it was like the plane was packed and super full. And like, it was so, it was four flights to get there, over 40 hours of travel to get home. And it was just like such a hectic situation. Usually I stay with my family, but they were all super nervous because we were traveling internationally and you know, my grandma's older. So it was just like, we didn't have a place to stay. And it was like trying to figure out where we're gonna stay when we get home and everything was just like, oh my God. But we got back to LA and um, basically like started looking for places and it was so expensive and just, then we started looking for places in Austin and found an awesome house. But, like, half the price of anything in LA was like a yard, so we were like, we're just gonna go there. And uh, then we drove from California to Austin, it took like 20 hours, and we've been here for the last like two and a half weeks, and now you're here. <laughs> now you can breathe. <laughs> yeah, a little. <laughs> that is so wild, oh my goodness. And that's so yeah. crazy. What airline were you on that it was so crowded from Dallas LA. I don't remember. It was like, but they weren't following any of the guidelines. Mm. Now I mean, there's all this information coming out. Like, don't even get me started. I will go deep into conspiracy about 
but please do do it like i'm just a girl <laughs> i mean i i'm not a scientist i'm not a doctor but i definitely believe that it's not as bad as they make it seem and that the government was instilling deep fear and encouraging people to be separate and fearful of one another and themselves even to be able to manipulate and control people the numbers show very clearly that the death toll isn't more astronomical than the flu itself. And now they're saying that it can't even be spread by contact. And if you're asymptomatic, you can't spread it. So it's just like we've been told all these lies and exaggerations to feel terrified. And I know that like I, I felt bad even though I'm a healthy young person. So it was just frustrating to have to like deal with so much when I don't think that, I mean, look, people are protesting in the streets shoulder to shoulder. There hasn't been like a spike in cases. People aren't dying on the streets, you know, falling over from Corona, so. Yeah, no, for sure. I think it's, it's like one of those things where I totally see the side of what you're saying and it's like I feel the same way but it's like with the internet there's just so much information out there like even if it is false or real it's like we can't even really know like what's even going on and like I'm totally on your side of like things are coming out and then they're like rebutting them the next day and it's just so back and forth and it's just like what's even going on like how are we supposed to like feel like I literally feel like in a state of panic all the time right now because of this and like my life has been so incredibly uprooted that I just like you know so it's exactly what you're saying like they just want us to be fearful and although yes it is obviously but it should we really be so terrified to the point of like not living our lives but also at the same time like two points one that fear and that panic that affects our immune system. Like living in fear, it deteriorates your insides. Like I know that I feel more susceptible when I'm panicking and anxious and not taking care of myself. And then second thing is they're not emphasizing taking care of yourself. Like the people who are dying, they are overweight and often older than like 85 or whatever the number is. It's like no one's saying, hey, Stop eating sugar, exercise, drink water, go outside, like be a healthy person. Stop eating processed foods, like get off your couch. No one's saying that. They're like, stay inside and on the couch potato and get sick. So you can turn it on you. And then it's also perpetuating the whole like, you know, people. It's so funny because like I was going to the grocery store to shop, like, you know, when I was quarantined. And it's hilarious because like, I, I don't love labels with when it comes to food, but I really do enjoy eating vegan. Like I usually do. I kid you not. There was so much vegan food like left in the aisles and just like all the eggs, the meat, the cheese, everything is taken. It's like exactly like it puts people in this fear back to like the olden days where it's like meat and potatoes, like, you know, and it's exactly what you're saying. Like it's just making people more unhealthy and not putting their system up and like, you know, this is a whole other topic, but like, you know, Chinese medicine, herbal medicine, like that is totally not talked about at all. And they're just taking antibiotics and all of this stuff. I mean, that's a totally other topic. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it's like this overarching theme of us constantly, you know, being addicted or, um, 
needing to be validated by or guided by this external force. Like we're seeking outside of ourselves for answers, for direction, for validation, instead of using these other tools that we know work to go within and strengthen ourselves. Like we each have the ability to be in perfect health, in perfect balance. Like, yeah, we have to deal with the craziness of the world, but we are capable. It's just hard when you're being fed all this stuff and there's like all this information and social media. And it's like, we're constantly taking so much in from outside of ourselves that we don't even have time to deal with what's actually going on within. But it's powerful. Like it's powerful stuff to even have these conversations and, and tell people like, hey, you actually can control more of your life than you're giving yourself credit for. But you have to own up and take that responsibility and make it a priority. Like I know for myself, like when I don't, what happens? I feel like shit. I'm not a happy, good person out in the world. And when I do take care of myself, I can show up for other people. I can teach classes. I can guide meditations. I can remind people of what they're capable of. But if I'm laying in bed all day crying and making myself feel bad about myself, I can't do any of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that that's so powerful. I'm really glad you said that because I think that's for like a lot of people. You know, people are starting businesses. They're tr- they're starting to realize like you know my voice needs to be heard. I need to get out there and share this with people. But, you know, a lot of people aren't feeling that way. They're feeling scared and fearful. No one's going to buy my stuff. No one's going to listen to me. So it's like, it's definitely that back and forth. And, you know, like something I did also want to say is like what you were saying, you know, we're getting all this external stuff. It's like, you don't even know, like, am I feeling my own feelings or am I feeling like the feelings of being like, I know at first I was feeling like so heavy like I can't even explain it like I was so snappy at everybody around me because I just felt like I was collecting everybody else's shit and everyone was like hey look at the news look at this look at this look at this and I'm like I have to like please just stop showing it to me like I have to and like I obviously that's like goes back to like your privilege if you don't have to look at those things and worry about those things but like it also is like you have to fill your own cup up first or you can't help anybody else yeah no it's so true and we're not necessarily taught that like we're growing we've grown up in this society where we're taught from such a young age to please everyone else around us and instead of trying to figure out what makes us happy and feel fulfilled and feel good on our own like so many people go through life just trying to please other people their parents society their partner and they're not happy. They spend years and years of their time going down these paths of, you know, chasing that external validation and feeling miserable inside. And I just think this whole time, like, that we've been sequestered to ourselves and, like, all of this stuff has come up and it's such a good opportunity for us to look clearly at, or look at ourselves honestly and ask, like, how am I contributing? Like, am I contributing positively? What are my patterns? What are my beliefs? Like, you know, what triggers me? What makes me react versus respond? And like, if I've definitely done a lot of soul searching and asking myself, like, what, how am I being responsible for myself? How can I be more responsible? And, and noticing my patterns of like, when I do go into that dark place and, and how I can get myself out of that but everything is a mirror like this outer chaos is just a reflection of how much we're suffering inside 
we feel disconnected from ourselves. And so, of course, we feel disconnected from one another. If people took time to love themselves and accept themselves fully, there would be no judgment of anyone else. You wouldn't feel the need to change or control someone else if they weren't living their life to please you because you are living your life to please you and to fulfill yourself. And you've gotten so far away from that. Look at all the suffering it's caused. People are hurting all over the world. And yeah, it's like you can feel everyone else's pain because we are all connected. There is a collective consciousness and a collective energy. And I mean, I, I feel so, so much more emotional than I ever have. And it's like coming out of me. Like, I'm not going to stop it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, I think I had like so many thoughts come up during that. I, I think that's kind of the perfect transition into, you know, you were talking about how you kind of like follow like the norm and like finding kind of like what sets you apart, those types of things. And I feel like your entire adult life has kind of been almost like rebelling against the norm of society. And I just, you know, with you, moving across the world and traveling and being so nomadic and like getting rid of your material things when we're in such a materialistic world and just like I feel like everything you stand for is so out of the norm of what most people do which is so great and I just kind of wanted to talk about more on the side of just traveling and what kind of like brought you to the point of being like I just want to sell everything and I just want to go this is the life I want to live I mean I feel very fortunate that my family is like not normal at all <laughs> everyone is very artistic and like has definitely created their own path my parents never said like hey you have to go to college and get a job after school they were like what do you want to do and so I was like I want to move to Paris so I started traveling by myself at a young age. I was 17 when I went. I lived there alone. And like, it just was the catalyst. of like, oh, I can do this. I can do scary things by myself. And I want to see the world. And um, there have been different bouts in my life where I've gone and lived in other places and traveled. Um, and it's always been deeply fulfilling. Um, and always where I have learned the most about myself. And... I just got to a point where I was like living in this like unconscious cycle of just doing things because I was doing them. Like, you know, nothing was growing or expanding. I was just like doing the same things every day and paying so much money for rent and just like not happy with where I was. And, you know, I wanted change, but I didn't know what to do or what, you know. And um, luckily, my, I met Kane. Well, I already knew him, but he and I got together, my boyfriend, and um, he, he was like, wait, how much are you paying for rent? And I told him, he was like, oh no, like, we can live, like, royalty anywhere else in the world. And so he started showing me these um, apartments in Thailand, and they were less than one quarter of what I was paying for rent in LA. And I was like, hell yes, like, I want to go there. And it just... All of my stuff felt so heavy and like it was a part of this other version of myself that thought I needed things to make me feel better. Like I used to spend thousands of dollars on freaking designer clothes and shoes and bags and like 
I don't even touch any of that stuff. Like I bought it because I thought I had to, to like fit a certain social standard in LA. And then I would feel guilty wearing those things or showing them off. So I was like, I just sell everything. Like I don't want to carry this stuff with me. And like, if I don't need it, someone else will like be able to enjoy it. So it just felt good to like get rid of everything. And I also have a personal belief that the more I give, the more I get. And that always comes true for me. And so it just felt like cathartic to like give everything away, to sell it, to just donate it. Um, and yeah, we traveled all over the world for like over a year with just a carry-on bag. And that was awesome and hard. And it felt really nice to buy stuff when we got back to the <laughs> coffee machine and a Vitamix. I'm like, ooh, things that I can't, don't have to carry on my back with me. But um, I learned so much from that experience. And I really realized like, how little I actually need and that I wear the same thing every single day. And I'm happy. Yeah, I love that so much. I think like what you were saying is how you feel like heavy with your things. Like I was raised by my mom. She's a spiritual like energy healer. So the whole life has been kind of like these ideals. And she actually is like a professional like space clearer as well. Oh, spaces. And she's always raised me to just like, you know, material things aren't going to bring you happiness. Like the less you have, the happier you're going to be. And like, I kind of just like always grew up with that ideal and so I truly truly believe in that and I think a lot of people do buy things because they are missing something they're trying to fill that void with something yeah, and totally. yeah. And like, our body does release like a chemical reaction of like a dopamine hit of like oh this is fun and you know that lasts and then it gets smaller and smaller every single time that you try and fill that internal void with something outside of yourself yeah, I feel like that's like what social media has become is like that instant gratification. Like we literally reduce, like I mean, um, like give off like that serotonin, and it makes us like instantly high or something. But I just, I, I really, I really love that you like got rid of your things and you realize that you really just don't need that much to be happy. And I think with the whole clothing thing too, like I love fashion, and I know you love fashion too. And it's like you can be fashionable in like different ways and now you can like rent clothing and like stuff it's like so I mean I also grew up like scouring flea markets and thrift stores and I would only buy my clothes from Goodwill in high school and like I've always loved secondhand shopping and vintage clothing because I never wanted to wear what other people were wearing I always wanted to be different and you know express my individuality or whatever and I did that clothing and um I also didn't have money when I was younger, so I went to Goodwill and it was like the best. And I still like love secondhand shopping, and I think that buying and selling used clothes is the best thing. And we don't actually need to create anything more. So much awesome stuff exists, and can be given so much more life. Like my favorite pieces that I own are from my mom to the clothing store when I was born and it's like these cool pieces from the 90s and like hell yeah these are my favorite things that I have it's the only thing that I have actually kept I don't keep the stuff from like you know Forever 21 or whatever oh, yeah I, I've not shopped Forever 21 since 
into high school. It's so bad. And just like the ethics behind that company, like I just can't get to find that. Like I literally rent all my clothes now. Like I don't. That's so cool. Is it that, what's it called again? There's like, like the two that I use, I use Rent the Runway, which is a little bit more like, um, I guess higher yeah, they've they've been incorporated a little bit more of like streetswear, like a little bit more modern stuff, but it's really for like, you know, going out to an event or like you know, corporate work. Like but they have really nice like dresses. I did it one summer and it was just so worth it. Like my style was like great that summer. <laughs> yeah, and then there's the, the other one owned by like Urban Outfitters. It's called yeah, that's that's like the newer one and I don't know I think something makes so much more sense it really does I was listening to something like it came up on the radio that said the whole coronavirus has really affected this sharing economy like uber and lyft and like the bikes and like the runway and things like that like people are scared to share with one another and it makes me so sad because I just like I have loved watching that aspect of business and economy develop where it is like a collective and we can all benefit from something like everyone doesn't need to have their own car car sharing is genius and just like you know i if you get like a fun dress it's not like you're wearing it every single day like yeah you wear it once and then what's just in your closet yeah i know i i didn't even really think about that but totally like and i know like rent the runway they are so good with their cleaning process like there is definitely nothing on that dress if you buy it after someone or yes. get it from somebody else. And it's also just like this whole thing, like going back to the whole like instilling fear. Like I've like been out and gone to the grocery store and stuff and people literally, like if you get close to them, they're literally like, I know. And that's just like, how long are we going to live like that? It's like, you need like, like I love like at the grocery store, like I had like a natural, just like, inclination this guy's like cart was rolling away and I like went and like pushed it and I was like oh, oh god like I probably shouldn't get that close to him and but it's like those little acts is like I don't know it's just it's like I need that connection even with strangers like you know I'd been living in New York City for like two years and I found so much joy like just seeing strangers on the subway or like walking around and seeing them and it's just like it's so different now like I don't have that and so it's definitely like a sense of disconnection. Crazy. I, I feel like I'm a person that lives off of hugs and like I catch myself I'm like, huh. I know. I know, seriously. <laughs> uh, I I hope that um the veil will be lifted and that we can really push through all this fear and learn from just this the challenges that we've all collectively had to overcome. And I mean, I, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, if I can picture it and, and visualize it and feel it, then I know that in one you know, dimension or another, like this can't, this reality can't exist. And I feel like the way that I want to show up in the world is like a loving, compassionate human that wants the people around me to succeed. I think that can be a reality, and I hope that enough people can contribute to that kind of a mindset of supporting one another, believing in one another, taking care of ourselves and each other. Just, I, I hate all of this separation and this fear of one another. It's like, 
I just personally cannot relate to that mindset. So it's crazy. Yeah, and I think I mean I I'm hoping and I'm hopeful that through all this fear, it's creating a lot of awakening, and that after all of this, we'll just come out on top and be more loving and more accepting. You know what I mean? So like, hopefully, stay positive. <laughs> I'm trying and like I'm so glad that I have people like you in my life who are willing to show up and have these conversations. Talk about something meaningful and not just focus on, oh, you know, woe is me, I can't do this, I can't do that. But like, how are we all going to grow from this? And how are we going to, you know, rebuild something better and not just go back to what clearly wasn't and has not been working? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, my pleasure. I'm just, I think I'm someone that I need to have really actually deep conversations or I just feel so unfulfilled. So like the fact that I've not been around anybody but like the same three people for like four months now is like, I absolutely have to be having these conversations with people. And it's been so fulfilling to just like hear different people's stories and their viewpoints and things like that. So yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> um, Thank you. Yes. And I just, I just want to go into a couple more things deeper into like your story because you're very interesting. So (laughs) um, I wanted to like just some kind of tips, I guess, because I look at you as an inspiration in terms of like back to the whole traveling thing is like how, like when it comes to what you're doing, because it's so not the norm, I think so many people just like literally have no idea how to even start like attempting that lifestyle. So, you know, obviously like your financial situation is different. You've been doing your thing for a while. So like, that's how you did that. But in terms of like finding Airbnbs, like where to stay, like how do you kind of go about doing that to find what works, what doesn't work? I know it's kind of like trial and error, but just like anything that you really could give, I feel like would be. I feel very fortunate because, like I said, I've really been forging my own path since I was young. And, like, I knew that I didn't want to do what everyone else was doing. And that little rebel in me was steadfast on, you know, breaking away from the crowd and just doing my own thing. And I've always been an artist. And so that's been, that's always driven me, you know, to find opportunities to express myself and to be creative and then I found yoga and I was like oh there's connection and awareness and mindfulness and like that was a whole other layer and I just started combining the things that I was passionate about which were yoga and art and for me that also includes photography and just doing what I loved and at that time there was no one else on Instagram to compare myself to or to make like me look like so that didn't even exist which is amazing and I could just share whatever I wanted to share and that really resonated with people because it was really coming from my heart. And I've always loved to travel. And so I just, I did all those things on my own. And um, I just put it out there for the world. Just like, hey, this is what I love. And this is my creative expression. Maybe you'll take something away from it. Maybe you won't, but here it is. exists now. Um, and from that, and just following what felt good and what didn't really allowed me to, you know, take opportunities to travel. And I'm trying to think of like when this really started. I mean, like I said, I started traveling really young. And then I guess like just starting to go on yoga retreats as a student helped me realize like, 
oh, I can include yoga and creativity with travel. And so I just, like, it, it's going back to that same thing we are talking about before, like, knowing yourself. Like, what makes you happy? Travel doesn't make everyone happy. Some people feel better at home. But for me, I wanted to see the world. And it's like really honoring that and taking the time to ask yourself, like, what does fulfill me? And how can I create those circumstances for myself instead of waiting for someone else to make it happen for me? So I just started going on trips and taking pictures and doing yoga and like putting it on Instagram. And it just it organically drew people in because it was really what I was doing. Um, and then as far as like planning trips, <laughs> my style is very spontaneous. Like Kim and I basically booked an Airbnb for two weeks um, and then we had a one-way ticket to Asia. Like that was the extent of our plan. Like we knew that we wanted to hit different countries, but at some moments it was literally like the day of or checking out of a hotel, we're like we should probably figure out where we're going to stay next. So in some moments, it's been a little stressful and last minute. So I've tried to learn from what makes me feel stressed out, which is just knowing where I'm going to sleep that night. <laughs> um, but yeah, like sometimes we would book an Airbnb for too long and realize like, oh, there's other neighborhoods we wanted to stay in. So it was just all about discovery and like seeing where do you want to go next? And again, feeling into like, what gives you that spark of like a yes, like, oh, that's where I want to go. And so like, do I want to go there? Or did someone else like say it was cool? You know what I mean? Like, what do, you, what do I want to do? And that's been um, just the guiding force of like following that internal guide and really developing that relationship with learning what's right for me and what's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's like the beauty of being like, wanderlust like doing that because it's like you kind of let go of the expectation and then you learn from the experience and then you find what you like rather than you know going on blogs or whatever and being like oh where did where should I travel like you figuring out where you want to go and then you share that and other people find it so I think I think that's beautiful and I know for myself I'm a very big planner so I would make that different and you know some people are like you and some people are like me so I think it's cool and it's definitely just like something I've wanted to do, but it's like it's all those societal expectations that like hold you down and like it's like not okay. Like it is so much easier than I ever thought it would be. And it's one of those things like the universe does support you when you take those big leaps and it's like buy the ticket and the plan up here. It's like you really just have to go for it and like yeah, you have a plan of where you want to go and sort of see what you have to be flexible in your approach and be open and adaptable and like that's what I've learned more than anything it's like you have to be adaptable because the circumstances are continuously changing in dramatic or small ways but like nothing ever stays the same nothing is rigid or fixed so we can't be either and that's what I'm seeing now is like the people who are fixed and rigid in their ways are the ones who are like causing all this unnecessary trauma for so many people yeah it's just like what you put on your app the other day where you were like you know you can't hold on to the expectation because things are always going to change unexpected things are always going to pop up so yeah. I really I like that mindset so how how is Austin do you think that 
Like I know things are obviously so unclear and like things could change from week to week, day to day, but do you think you're going to stay there longer than three weeks or you have another plan? Like what's next? Well, we have this house that we're in now for four months. Um, it just, it was one of those things where like everything came together really last minute, but really well. Like the girl who was living here, she lost her job because of Corona. So she had to live with fiance but there was only four months on the lease and we were like that's perfect for us because you know we haven't even seen the place in person and we just needed some place to land and it ended up being perfect and I will say I absolutely love it here I love the nature of the people and like their general disposition to be friendly people want to have a conversation with you and like want to connect and want to talk and you know, I grew up in LA, like, I, I know the kind, of, it's an industry town, like, people go to LA because they want to be in movies, they want to be famous, they want to be a model, an actor, like, make it big, music, whatever it is, it's like, it's an industry, like, people are more concerned with themselves and what they need to do to get ahead instead of fostering those meaningful and like authentic connections where it's not about who you know or you know what restaurant you were seeing eating at like none of that matters and like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter in LA it doesn't matter you know to me so here it's just like sweet southern charm like I really feel it and it's beautiful and lush and very artistic and great food great coffee so I'm really happy um, we found the dog, <laughs> so like, we have another, we have two dogs now, it's like everything changed, right, you know, from being like solo to now having two fur, ba fur babies to take care of, and yeah, I think we're going to stay put for a little bit. Oh, that's so nice. So was this place found on Airbnb, or like, how did you find that? I found it on Craigslist. Oh, wow. That's so cool. so, It was last minute. I looked all over Airbnb. Yeah, it just worked out really well. That's so cool. So I just wanted to go back a little bit to what you were saying about like the retreats, because obviously you hold your own retreats now. And like, I'm someone that really in the future wants to have my own retreat. So, and I know a lot of people do. So yeah. like, how did you kind of approach that situation to, you know, even host your first retreat? Like, how do you start that process? Yes. Um, I didn't do it alone. Uh, the first couple of retreats I worked with different people who helped to organize all of the logistics and I just basically showed up to teach so and in in doing that I didn't have as much control over the experience but I was able to focus on teaching more and I learned a lot about the process what I like and what I don't want and like what I think um is you know just contributes to people having the best experience um and every time you learn so much more like I feel like every you know there's a, there's no perfection like you can always do things better you learn from it you grow you, you know you figure out different things um I just I think again it was one of those things where like I wanted to combine yoga and traveling and it was like what's a better way to do that than with retreats and the first retreat I went on, I had already been teaching yoga for like five years and 
I remember um, I was dating this guy and he was also yoga. He was like, yeah, let's go on this retreat. And I was like, I didn't think that I was good enough or worthy like or old enough. Or like I had all these excuses in my mind of like, I'm not allowed to go on a retreat. Like I really didn't think I could. And he was like, what do you mean? You literally just sign up and go. And I was like, oh, okay. And so it totally expanded my perspective of what's possible. And it was such a great experience in so many ways. And I just wanted to still do that for other people because I got so much out of it myself. And it's so nice to like not have to worry about what you're going to do on vacation and just feel taken care of and like know that you're being healthy even when you're hanging out in Mexico, <laughs> you know, you get to have your margaritas at night, and then you wake up and you automatically do a yoga class. Like, if I'm not on a retreat when I travel, I'm not working out consistently. Like, so I like that aspect of it. Um, but I think it's important to just, like, know your why, know your purpose, what you're doing, what you want to get out of it, and work with people who you really trust, that have really good communication. It's all about communicating beforehand, giving yourself enough time to plan, to promote, so it's not stressful at the end trying to book it, because people can feel that energy coming from you too. Um, and also a huge part of it is just allowing the experience to unfold naturally. Like there's only so much I can do and so much time I can fill, but like as you know, it's important to have those moments in between to process everything that you're experiencing. Yeah, definitely. And like you said about like feeling like you can't go because you're young or whatever, like I can attest that like my first retreat I went on, I was 23. Like and I was literally the youngest person there. Like Yeah, I was 23 too. Yeah. It's like you can do whatever you can financially afford. You know what I mean? Like yeah. yourself if you feel called to do that. Like that was like life changing for me. And like I had always looked at myself as like, oh, I'm so spiritual. I'm so like whatever I want to, you want to say. And then I like went on this retreat with actually like-minded people and I was like whoa there's like so much more out there to than what I've been in my bubble like seeing it's yeah. just crazy. like there's just so many opportunities out there now for you to meet like-minded people like you don't need to be, you know you don't need to be around people that you don't want to be around because there's so many people out there so, yeah and something that I feel like well because of course I preach and preach your app so yeah. Thank you. That means so much. You're welcome. Um, something that, you know, I've really picked up from you and like on your retreats and things are just your complete ability to flow with, I feel like what comes to you, like seems so natural, like when you're guiding a meditation or a flow or something like that. And I just wanted to know, I mean, I know it comes with like years and years of practice, but with your meditation, you know, you're fairly newly certified in that. So are your meditations like pre-made? Do you kind of let them flow out as they come? Like, how have you kind of gotten the confidence to flow with it if you do naturally? Like any advice? Sure. I mean, I remember my first yoga class that I taught, I wrote down the whole sequence. Uh, I wore like glasses to see, so I was wearing to see far. So I was wearing my glasses to teach, and I was so nervous that I was sweating profusely and like fogging up my glasses, and like I couldn't see. And I was running back to like the piece of paper, and then like forgetting about the students and trying to read and find where I was. 
sequence and like it was hectic and stressful and like I've definitely come a long way from there but that's where I started like for real I am so sorry that I took my own class those first couple times through a hot mess but <laughs> you have to hear in though like you have to start somewhere exactly it's true and like you have to be okay with being a beginner and not going the way that you want it to just like that non-attachment aspect but as far as like guided meditations now I think also the more that I develop my own practice the more I feel what works for me to tune in and to have that like expansive and connected experience um that I try to create the you know you can't create an experience for anyone but you can set up the parameter so knowing what works for me and what helps get me like tuned in dropped in you know that feeling is what I share because it's easier for me to share that's true for me if I try and do something forced or like, oh, I think this will work because someone else did it, it's those times where then I'm unsure of myself because it's not coming from me and it doesn't feel good sharing it. And so I like to just really try and teach from my heart, which <laughs> sounds cheesy, but it's true. It's like, it's really the only thing that works for me is to teach what I know and, um, I also, I write a lot of meditations, like the meditations in my app, I will write everything before I record it, because I love writing, it's much easier for me to express myself writing than speaking, teaching yoga has for sure helped that, as well as, well as all these other practices we've been talking about, um, but I think about the intention, like what, you know, what is the purpose of this, and I don't like to do things just for the sake of doing them. Like I want it to have meaning and to be like, you know, have the potential to really transform someone's experience. Like I know that I've gotten out of different meditations. Like sometimes I'll go into a meditation that was horrible and 15 minutes later, I'm like a new woman. So I try to really like, I want people to have that experience because I know it's possible. Um, so, I think, what else do I do? I mean, yeah, I really just, like, I can't just, like, write meditation while I'm, like, watching TV. Like, I have to get into my space and, like, you know, kind of do, like, a meditation myself while I'm writing. And I don't think I'm channeling, but I definitely, like, step back. Like, I allow these words to flow through me. Like, I'm not analyzing or processing or judging or criticizing the words I'm speaking. Like, I'm feeling it out and I'm just letting it be more of like an emotional experience of, of being instead of doing. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I, um, and I don't think it's corny at all that you were saying, like, it comes from your heart because I think that means like it's coming with that intention. And that's like what's the most important. Like, why do we do anything if it's not with intention? Like, yeah, and like, you know what I mean. So I think that's that is very important. And I think like what you're saying. I mean, I for myself, I would say when I do what you're saying, I'm like channeling things, whether it's like from my higher self or like just from my subconscious mind, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, 
like forcing things especially like tough conversations or like trying to find those words like not forcing those words for the sake of like the collective is talking about it so I just need to like jump in right now and say something yeah. that's actually thinking with intention about what really resonates with me like how have I been affected by this you know whatever and actually getting clear with the message before sharing um I think that's very important because it's like goes back to that intention um so yeah thank you for sharing that I think I think that's important and I like that you're saying you know you do it for the sake of filling a need and your why rather than just because oh I have an app I need to make meditations every week or whatever so yeah, it's definitely been like a struggle of like oh I feel like I'm gonna fall down if I'm not producing new content all the time but at the same time like I don't want to just put stuff out there to put it out there like it, I want it to be useful yeah absolutely and I will say like as a consumer of your app and just like my experience with social media and being like so observant of how other people kind of talk and, you know, trolls on inter the internet or whatever, like so many people, it's like that mirror thing of like, they're looking at you. Like if someone doesn't go on social media, like a public figure doesn't go on social media for like a week or something, people will literally be like, where are you? Are you okay? Why aren't you posting? And it's like, live your own life. What the hell? Let them have their own experience. And like, I think it goes the same for your app. Like, just what you're saying like people that actually care about your message and love to follow you they're not gonna care if you're like taking time for yourself because if you're not taking time for yourself you're not going to show up for yourself and your followers in the way that they need it and I know for me like I'm such a like what's the saying like product of repetition or like I do the same thing all the time like I literally watch like four of the same videos on your app and that's it like and then I'll try like a new one every so often, but I'm pretty much always just doing the same thing. So don't even worry about it. Like just okay, <laughs> and just like do what's right for you. And so I also just quickly wanted to talk about your app and just kind of like, how did that come into fruition? Like, why did you, you know, apps are like really modern now and like everybody's making them, but like, why did you feel like you wanted to do that? Someone came to me. Eric, the guy who's the app developer, and um, like a year before we actually decided to go for it, and I was like, oh yeah, sure, like unsure of myself. I was having imposter syndrome, and feeling like, who am I to create an app? Like, what the hell? But <laughs> being on Instagram and like start, you know, IGTV came out, and like wanting to share meditations on there, but it just didn't feel personal enough and it just felt like I'm putting it out there and like also the monetization aspect like I am a creator and like it is an equal exchange of energy like I put so much free content out there that it just became draining and it felt like okay like I'm depleting myself for the sake of other and also I'm not receiving anything back and so I wanted to take care of myself from like a business perspective as well as being able to create like a very safe space because I go on Instagram and I'm bombarded by all kinds of things like you know the experience like you're you're seeing so much stuff and it's like it's distracting and irrelevant and like you go down these crazy rabbit holes and spend so much time and then I, I mean I'm saying this, this was my personal experience I'm like on my phone for like 45 minutes like what did I even look at like where is this void of time just gone I feel like shit about myself I feel like I'm not good enough I'm not 
successful enough. And it turned into this whole thing. I'm like, I want to get off of Instagram and have this place where I am going to go, where I know I'll feel better, where I can go intentionally and do these short practices that are transformative. And like, it made me really think about the last 10 years. I've been teaching for 10 years of like, my personal experiences of my woes in my life and what did I do to get myself out of those dark times like you know post-breakup depression uh, anxiety eating disorders like all these things that I've had to overcome in my life and like even you know further than that sexual abuse and like it takes a toll on you but at the same time like I'm still alive and I want to be the in the world and I want to heal and I don't want to be a victim to my circumstances so how can I use all the shit that I've been through to give people like a little insight of like people want to be better but they don't know how like I didn't know how I had to learn and teach myself and it took 10 years to get from where I was to where I am now you know like it's a pretty big chunk of time and I feel like I've learned a lot and I have just basically I wanted to turn all the shit that I've gone through into something that was constructive and gave people the opportunity to bypass some of the confusion and the feeling of being alone and just like not knowing where to turn. I wanted people to have, like, to feel like they had a place to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so important. Like, I can obviously only talk from my experience, but like, exactly what you were saying is like, you know, you go into Instagram, maybe you have the intention of going to the meditation in your IGTVs because then you get totally bombarded by everything else and then you forget and it's like 40 minutes later and you're like, oh, I'm not even going to do it anymore. Like, yeah, like for me, like I have a, like, this is just because how I am, not everybody's like this, but I have like a very ritualistic practice in the morning where like, I don't turn, like I literally put my everything on airplane before I go to bed. Like I don't look at my phone until like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Like I go in my iPad. I do one of your classes. Like my phone is on airplane mode. So it's like, I'm not like, I love that because you're right. It's like a totally different thing that you can have this sacred space with. And I think with social media, like an Instagram, like that is your portfolio. And if you get hacked, like if you lose your account, you lose everything that you've ever put yeah. into. So, and especially because creative, like you can yeah. this entire platform that is completely you artistically. And I think that's so important. And I, I just, I love what you're offering. And I think the biggest thing to me is that you clearly are just doing it like from your heart with intention for the love, because I mean, you're not charging like these crazy premiums for it, which, you know, you can still make money from it. And then your demand is higher and you're helping the collective. And I just like, I think that's so important. And although I hope that it helps you bring in revenue for yourself and there's like that great sacred economic exchange for you, I think it's great that you're you're making it so accessible to so many different people who maybe don't have the means to have like a monthly yoga subscription or whatever it may be at a studio. There was definitely a time in my life where I could not afford yoga classes. I would like pretend to put a dollar in at the end of a donation class and like run away because I felt so bad and like I know what it feels like to want to do better and to be better but you know not yoga classes are expensive now like Mm -hmm. I have to like $25 for one class 
and I just wanted it to be accessible because we all deserve to feel good and you know I grew up obviously like well not obviously but I grew up in a very privileged town with a supportive and loving family and you know of course I had to deal with my own crazy shit growing up but even with all that love and support and being in LA which is so progressive like I still felt like I didn't know what to do how to heal you know and um, I just think we really all deserve that and we all deserve access to those tools and to heal that's a this whole thing all of this in the whole world like we just need to heal ourselves and take responsibility for our own healing yeah it's like a basic human right that we should all have to like know about the alternative ways to heal I love that. But so do you have fun. any like teachers that you recommend people follow, books you've read, podcasts you like to kind of just start the conversation, like teach them something new? Totally. I, I've always been a reader, so there's a lot of books that have totally changed my perspective on life and my purpose. Um, the first one that really like shook me up. That, that introduced a lot of new ideas and a lot of new understanding was You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. She's passed, but her teachings are amazing. And it was the first time that I ever um, looked at my belief systems and asked myself, where do these beliefs come from? Are they from my parents, society? How have I been doing things unconsciously? Like, this was the first, like, tools and practices that I could use to start that understanding. So Louise Hay is amazing. She's like the affirmation queen. I learned about mirror work from her and affirmations. And um, so that's a huge one. Also, Abraham Hicks is a huge spiritual teacher for me. I learned about law of attraction and just the power that we have in our own lives to create the life we want to live. And knowing how to do that consciously has been transformative and allowed me to, you know, think outside of the box. And like I said before, like follow my own inner guide. Another book that I really love recommending because it just totally rocked my world is called Journey of Souls. It's written by a hypnotherapist and it's the collection of 10 years of case studies. And it's basically people going into their subconscious mind, like he's guiding people through past the subconscious into the superconscious. And it's all about how we transition after we die, where we go and like the time and space in between lives. So that challenges a lot of people's beliefs about reincarnation and time and, you know, uh, how we live life. It just always, I love that. It was very expansive for me. And it made me feel like, oh, my purpose on earth is not to do all of these crazy things, please all these other people, but it's just to become the best version of myself I can be. And doing that at the minimum, then everything else is a bonus. Um, so those three things are have been catalysts, but I also have like um, my favorite books saved on. Amazon store and things like that, people resources. 
Yeah, I've, I've heard of the two first people you said, but not the third. So I'm glad that I'm learning new things as well. <laughs> I also wanted to ask you, or just kind of like bring it up that, you know, you're offering so many goodies right now for everybody, like your classes, your yoga, meditation, all your like, you're also offering free things on your Instagram and like the little giveaways you're doing in your app. If you just want to talk a little yes. bit about that really quick. Sure. I mean, I love giving. It's just makes me happy like I said the more I give the more that I get not only physically but like emotionally it's very fulfilling so I love offering things to people and that it's also a time of like fear and scarcity and people don't think they have you know enough money to pay for class and so just by offering something free it's like then you have that realization that you don't have to be enough to black so when I give things it makes me feel more abundant anyways and I love doing it because I feel very fortunate that I get to connect with so many awesome brands. Like I'm personally very spoiled and I love to share that with people and make other people feel really special and like, you know, especially now it's like any little inkling of hope and excitement, like I want to offer that to people because there's so much of the opposite going on. So just something a little to give away as a thank you. Um, so yeah, I like to do a monthly giveaway for all my subscribers just to thank them for their support because that's what helps me be able to even create in the first place. And um, I've been teaching weekly classes online, which has been really nice. I miss being in the studio desperately, but for now, you know, we're all trying to make it work the best we can. And then my app um, is definitely like the culmination of everything I've been learning and practicing and teaching for the last 10 years. Um, and like you said, it's free to download and there's free practices available in there. And I think the juicier stuff is the stuff that's the paid content because we just, you know, we go deep into some of those things and it's awesome. I love it. And I want people to feel like it has value. So when you pay for something, you feel like it has value and you respect it more, I think. So I think it's good to pay for things. It's an energetic exchange. It makes you value it more. And I think you get more out of it. There's so much free stuff anyways. And I am excited to start to offer retreats again when, you know, it's all cleared up a little bit more. But I am planning some things in Amazing. And just going back really quick to what you're saying about your app and just that exchange, like there's so much free content out there on YouTube, Instagram, but it's just, it's not the same because it's like, I feel like the intention is sometimes different and like you're putting in all of this effort on your Instagram or on your app because, you know, you want people to value it. And when they give that even a small exchange, they're going to put more time into it because they have like something rooted in the experience. So I feel like I found that for myself. Like I know with things that I've like gotten for free or something, I almost always like start for a week and then fall off. Like, it's like almost just like a mental thing. Like I'm not really sure, but yeah, I, Highly recommend everybody download the app because it's amazing and I use it every day. <laughs> the name of the podcast, my podcast, is Attracting Abundance. And so I'm totally about abundance and manifestation. So I'm wondering if there's anything that you're, you know, manifesting for yourself right now or calling in that you want to bring into your life. And I just think it's powerful to say it out loud for, you know, the collective to hear to hold yourself accountable. Yeah, totally. It's so funny. Like, I was just thinking last night of, like, wow, I haven't taken the time 
to stop and think about what I'm creating next. I've been so swept up in the world and the creatives and moving and like all of these things that have anchored my attention in right now that I haven't even had the luxury of thinking, what do I want to do next? But um, one thing I am manifesting is 1,000 pages of subscribers to my app. That's just a goal of mine that I would like to have. Um, I want as many people to join for free, obviously, as I can. But that's just my personal goal of abundance. I feel like everything I have been manifesting, like moving here, having a house with a yard, like all of those things have already, like everything has been manifesting very quickly. Getting a dog, we were just talking about it, and then she found us like two days later. Um, but I think, yeah, just developing my app and my content more uh, is what I'm manifesting, just to level up and to share and for that community to grow. I love that. That's great. And I think it's important for me to say that, you know, manifesting doesn't have to be like, I want to make a million dollars. Like it can just be like a tiny little thing that even tomorrow I want to do this or I want this to happen and it happens. I feel like with people that have maybe that like imposter syndrome, um, maybe that's not the best example of this, but just feel like they can't manifest something for themselves because, you know, oh, I'm down here. That's so big. I can't manifest that. But it can just be like, you know, even having this podcast with you, like I would have never in a million years thought out that would happen. So, <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> um, and then last thing, just something that's just a little bit from me personal. I've been just pulling Oracle cards for every one of my guests. I think it's just something that you just like channel together and I just like pulled it during the session or the, the episode so I pulled the card Ohas for you this is cool Ooh. really pretty and so Ohas is I think I'm saying that right I'm not sure they're all in Sanskrit so I try my best it's the subtle essence of health and well-being peaceful and patient mm-hmm. like that. and it says one look is all it takes to see how much OHA someone has. Have people been coming up to you and telling you how healthy, rested, and happy you look? This is OHAS. OHAS is the sub- subtle essence related to health and well-being with which you are filled. You radiate good health with your glowing skin, peaceful demeanor, and patient essence. Your dietary and lifestyle choices are showing up in your appearance and your inner state is reflecting in your outer. Continue caring for your sacred vessel and nourishing your body with the foods and practices that make you thrive. Wow. <laughs> it resonates very much. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Well, thank you so much. And um, just like, where can people find you? If they listen to this, they haven't heard from you, where can they find you? Yeah, well, I think I'm most active on Instagram uh, at Nikki Ash. And I just like to share resources, inspiration, things that make me feel good, that make me feel good too. My website, I publish blog posts and things like that. And then my app, um, I have other platforms, but I don't really use them as much. I do make a lot of playlists on Spotify, which are really fun. And I think that's about it. That's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot, right? I try to stay pretty connected and pretty available for um, the well-being community. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you. I'm so glad we had the opportunity to chat. And thank you for having me on your podcast. You're so welcome. Love you. I love you. Wow, wow, wow. I just loved that conversation so much. I think we touched on so many important topics that need to be discussed now and in a different way than 
I've been seeing some people talk about it and just really emphasizing the need for inner work, self-care, and just not being so hard on yourself. So I really hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Thank you so much, guys. See you next time. If you guys feel called to and you love this episode, I would love if you left a review. Thanks so much, guys. Sending you all the love. Have a good one. Get up, get down. Get up, get down.